For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Welcome to the Pro Cheerleading Podcast. This is the only podcast that gives you a raw and unfiltered perspective of what it's really like to be a professional cheerleader. Whether you're currently on a pro team, an alumni, or really curious about what it takes to become a pro cheerleader, the Pro Cheerleading Podcast gives you all the inside scoop and hot topics in the pro cheerleading industry and in-depth interviews of current and former cheerleaders. I'm your host, Makiba. Join me every Wednesday as I reveal the truth behind the palms. Hi, welcome to the Pro Cheerleading Podcast. This is Cheer Chat, and I'm going to talk you guys through this episode called Count Me Out. I hope you all had a wonderful Father's Day. I kind of put my daddy on blast. Hi, daddy. I should tell the story in case people don't know, but my father is a diehard Raiders fan. Fine. He lives in Vegas. He's ecstatic that they're going to be out there. But it was my last year cheering for whatever reason. Maybe he just was thinking I was going to do this forever. I don't know. But it just hadn't worked out where he got up here for a game. And this was his time to come to a game. And it was Sunday night football. I forget who we were playing. It was like around my birthday in November. Needless to say, this was a big damn deal. And he just did not have the heart to tell me that he really, really, really wanted to go to Monday Night Football. I forget who they were playing. Doesn't matter. But uh, long story short, he ended up going to that game. That's why I don't have a picture of him in uniform on my Father's Day post. So I tease him about it to this day. I will forever tease him because I'm a brat and that's just what brats do. But I hope you guys had a wonderful Father's Day with your fathers and your life. I enjoyed seeing all the pictures from the teams. Oh my gosh, did you guys see the uh, the Colts cheerleaders did something really cute? It was like a makeup challenge with their dad um, where they had to do game day makeup and it was kind of hilarious. It actually was kind of cute. Watching them struggle, I thought that was an adorable idea. So I think it's up on their Instagram. Check it out. It was really, really cute. What else did we celebrate recently? Juneteenth, you guys. I hope you... Use Juneteenth as a day to celebrate just where we are in terms of just some progress. I've never thought in a million years I would have Juneteenth off from work, but it was an opportunity to learn, to connect with people, take advantage of different marches and celebrations. There were a lot of teams that posted. I tried to reshare them all in my story so that people can see that there's still an embrace in our industry about this movement and it's not something that's going to die down. I told y'all it wouldn't. We'd still be talking about it. I mean, I think it was the Wizards that ended up going on a march in the D.C. area. One of the former Redskins cheerleaders choreographed this concept video that was so dope to freedom. Hello, that was the name of, was that last week's episode? Or whenever it was. One of these episodes, right? And it was just really powerful. And it was exciting to see people learning about it and they'd never heard about it and people sharing information. I mean, I think that's just kind of where we're at and what it's all about. So keep it up and just sharing out what you learn. I just think it's just a way again to just keep the conversation going and celebrate because the more you learn and the more you share, I just think the more you have an 
the possibility of touching somebody. So I did a very bad thing, you guys. <laughs> How do I hold the very first pro cheerleading podcast contest? I mean, there was a lot going on, trust, but still. And I never shouted out the winner. Her name is Kelly. And if you guys recall, there was a contest that I was lucky enough to get tickets, not tickets, like registration through PRO. They reached out and was able to provide one lucky follower um, a virtual registration code so that she was able to attend PRO over the weekend. And I'm excited to hear from anybody else who ended up going. For those of you who don't know, PRO is traditionally a fun weekend in Atlanta where all the teams in NBA, NFL, different pro teams from hockey, like you name it, all convene for two days, dance their asses off. Whew, dance, 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 dance for like all day long and just lots of dance classes of various styles. And so they have like jazz, funk, hip hop, kick, palm, like everything that you would do as a pro cheerleader. And they did virtual this year and they danced from like 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. They had five classes each day by choreographers and team directors in the NFL. And I think in the industry, like some hip hop choreographers, really big. I'm, I'm glad they pulled it off. It looked like it went off without a hitch from all the videos. People got together in studios and danced and took all those classes. It was 8 a.m. my time. I knew that my body was not, well, that and I'm just not dancing like that anymore. But um, but I, it looks like it was a lot of fun. Definitely if people went, how did you survive? Are you still sore? I just remember when I went, it was just, I was fighting an injury too, but it was definitely action-packed and hell on the body, but so much fun. And hopefully it was still good energy, even though you weren't in person. And that brings me to some sad news because I was totally planning on going to Vegas next month to go to the Pro Action Dance Convention. So let's have a moment of silence for the Rona causing the cancellation of that event, yet another event in our space. And it's just, you know, unfortunate. They've been doing a lot of live classes, you know, with some choreographers like Quentin, Michelle Vaughn, and Johnny, all the other instructors that have um, traditionally taught at the convention. So maybe they will do like a virtual format of some sorts, but they do have their classes. They encourage donations. You know, you have some wonderful choreographers taking time and teaching you cool routines. And I think they have like a paid version where you can download some routines or whatever. I did my research, really. I believe me, I did. But anyway, um, but they had to cancel all 2020 Pro Action Dance and Pro Action Prep events. The Rona is just pissing me off. And Count Me Out is the name of this episode because the Rona is forcing a lot of decisions and we'll get to it. But I'm just wondering how you guys are feeling about just the opportunity to dance this year or will you have to count me out like I literally think about you guys all the time of like if I were still dancing on a team how would I feel like would I be excited would I be like freaked out would I want to like count me out this time if you guys don't know new edition count me out then you'll learn tomorrow when I post the clip and hope that uh, Instagram doesn't kick me off but that's kind of the theme okay so cheer chats first and I gotta quit recording the whole damn episode (laughs) on live you guys will stop downloading the episodes on the podcast and then I won't have any downloads I'm kidding but uh this will be chair chat I'll give you a preview of what I'll be continuing to talk about for the episode and you'll just have to listen to hear what I had to say okay but I'm a little late because again you know life goes on and things are crazy but I completely missed this huge announcement yesterday I'm sure you all have seen it but for those who have not Two of our very own, if you guys have not looked at Nike.com recently, or if you don't follow Quentin and Napoleon from the Los Angeles Rams, they were honored by Nike for Pride Month for this campaign called Be True. And 
the campaign is meant to celebrate the power of team and just that you're stronger together for fighting for different issues. And they featured LGBTQIA+. I'm going to get that off the top of my tongue. But anyway, they picked certain athletes. There were only six of them, I believe. Yeah. And Quentin and Napoleon were two of them. And they just wanted to highlight that they were, you know, uplifting their community and using their voices for change. Um, And they highlighted that they were the first male cheerleaders at the Super Bowl. And so, and I know people want to say Baltimore Ravens, but they were the first performers that are dancing alongside the women at the Super Bowl. But I wanted to share some of their quotes that were on the website. And you guys, it's just so cool. It's just like, has to be such an honor. But Napoleon said, we are all here to express our shared passion. Uh, If you don't have your teammates' backs, then you're not all in. And I thought that was pretty powerful. You have to kind of support one another and all the way, like having your teammates back. And that's how you actually can make a bigger change and impact together. In Quentin's quote, he was, you know, quoted for encouraging you to be allies for one another and to follow their dreams. And he said, don't try to make other people feel comfortable. You weren't put on this earth to abide by somebody else's rules. So I thought that was just like, yes, you know, just be true, be who you are and be unapologetic about it. I just thought it was awesome. And Nike, you know, they're actually going to be giving grants of $25,000 each to 20 different organizations that are advocating for the LGBTQIA plus community. And they also, which is super, super cool, have a Be True um, 2020 collection of merchandise. So they have an Air Force One and Air Max sneakers. So cute. I do like the Air Force Ones best. They have the rainbow and they're just, you know, clean and just look really, really good. And they have, you know, some T-shirts, socks, sunglasses, and then like a digital gift card if you want to give somebody in your life and supporting. um, I don't know that the proceeds really go towards anything if you get the gift card, but either way, it's Pride Month, you guys. So celebrate. You know what I'm saying? Congratulations to the both of them. I think they've gotten so much wonderful press and just been able to inspire so many men to audition for the NFL, probably NBA as well in terms of different teams where they male cheerleaders are getting the opportunity to dance. And it's beautiful. So I'm a little late, but whatever. We're going to pump it up for them. So congratulate them. Go check it out. I'll have the link to the website in the show notes. The next topic is the NFL auditions update. So I thought it was cool that the Miami Dolphins cheerleaders, they have 40 rookie candidates and 18 vets that are coming back that are in their finals. And one thing that they're doing is having like a Instagram live session where they interview the candidates, their finalists, one by one. And, you know, the fans get to ask questions. I thought it was a cool way to kind of bring us into their auditions process. It's, I believe, their director that's there and, you know, kind of interviewing them on the spot. So what a way to show your personality and to kind of show that you can handle social media, right? I haven't been able to tune into all of them, but I think it's just a cool way. Maybe something, you know, people copy each other. So be prepared for that potentially. If you're still in the process, maybe that's something that other teams will adopt. Um Okay, the Seahawks are my team. I know and love the director. This is not to talk crap about anybody. It's just I was struck by the timing of a decision that I posted about last week. The Seahawks were in their finals, and basically, I don't know the reasons, don't know the backstory. I'm not suggesting that it was just intentional or whatever. But, you know, the bottom line is they were in the finals, and they basically decided that... 
they were only going to be moving forward with the rest of the auditions process with their 2019 squad. So that just hit like, ugh, like right here. Like I posted, I'm so, so sorry to everybody who, you know, they were in their finals and there was like a solo. Let's just be real. People have been preparing for this for a very long time. They're excited about the opportunity. They're working hard. They're eating right. They're doing all these things to be ready and to respect the process, right? To meet the requirements that are laid out of what the auditions process will be like. And so that includes, you know, trying to plan your life and a potential relocation and just trying to stay, you know, invested in the process. Meaning like if you're a finalist for the Seattle Seahawks, then you're probably not going to like, you know, spread yourself too thin in different teams auditions processes just because you're you kind of are having to put your eggs in one basket. Let's be real. Like you can't just be doing the most and doing a bunch of different auditions. I would imagine that would be frowned upon even at a certain point, but it was just really unfortunate timing. You know, I know I purported earlier about the Jacksonville Jaguars that didn't hold auditions at all because they were planning to take back their prior year squad. And I think at least they didn't not even lead them on, but just like that was just a decision that was made at the outset to have the decision come down so late is just, it's just, I, all I could say was not cool in the sense that like, I'd be pissed. I'm, you know, I'm going to keep it real with you guys. Like I, this isn't about being pissed at anyone or blaming anyone. I'm sure there must be some reasons, but damn it. Like if I were in that process, I would be hella, hella disappointed, frustrated, and just what the hell, man? And I'm, you know, I've been hearing from different people that other teams are in the same boat of having to kind of quietly take back their veterans, whether they were mid process or not, like where they basically knew that the whole finals thing in person probably wasn't going to pan out. And some that haven't announced that they were going to do any virtual auditions. I think that's kind of where they landed. Um, Some we're still waiting for to make some sort of announcement. The bottom line is y'all have been in hella limbo and it scares me to think that, you know, people can just like change it all up last minute and like just yank the carpet from underneath you. That's just not, it's just not right. It doesn't feel right. And I really, really feel bad for the people who are really excited about being part of the team and hopefully they'll get to bypass some rounds. I don't know. I just feel for you. I had to talk about it just like I talk about anybody else. So, you know, I love my Hawks. I love the organization. I know shit happens, but that was really shitty for the record. I mean, it's probably Rona related. Let's be real. Who knows? You know, the logistics of what they're going to have to do for this season in the NFL, for NBA. I mean, it's a complicated order. So I'm sure maybe it seems simpler to have people that are familiar enough with what's required to be on the field on game day, perhaps. But you're also counting out your, you know, your rookies who have to be down for whatever, like If you're going to do this, you guys, this year, if you're not saying count me out for 2020, 2021 season, you're kind of buckling up for whatever. And I mean, maybe the rookies would have adjusted because they don't know any different, right? This is their first time on the team. They don't know what it's like. So it's just kind of unfortunate. But I, again, this episode is called count me out because the Rona is having its impacts and we have to figure out like, It's not even figure it out. Like if you're in it, you made a team, you're in the process, you're just devoted, you know, it's a bunch of open questions and no information and you're just rolling with it. Okay. But you know, I'm going to just keep it real and just talk you through some current events and help you think about how this might apply to you. Cause I don't know what information you're getting. And I just have not had time to be on some like interview and spree to see what directors would be willing to share with me, whatever they do know, the likelihood they probably wouldn't have enough information to share. 
I just want to give you guys kind of like a preview of what I will be discussing for this episode. Basically, if you haven't heard, uh, there are players from several teams, at least in the NFL, who have tested positive for the Rona. I'm calling it the Rona. It's just not COVID and Corona. It's just not happening. But this was like one week in June. So they had one Bronco player, one 49ers player, two Bucks players, six Cowboys and Texans. And the article wasn't clear if it was six Cowboys and six Texans. But the bottom line is groups of guys who have probably been getting together for the off season to try to not even off season. Like this is we're here. We're like in where they're supposed to be like in the season. And they have like these private workouts where like Russell Wilson will go down to California and get a bunch of the offensive line and different players together to practice together. It's informal and it's before the official training camp. But basically they, you know, the NFL players association had to kind of like kibosh all of that action. Like y'all need to stop all these private workouts because, you know, there are different spikes that are going on in different states with infections. Basically, certain parts of the country like Arizona and Florida, even Washington, I think, is even spiking. Like, basically, it ain't safe. It ain't safe. It ain't safe. It's just not right now. And the NFL still keeps insisting that they're going to be having the season on time. And I don't know. I'll just tell you what they're talking about doing. And again, you know, maybe because the cheerleaders will be in like virtual practice land where they won't be physically in person or maybe they won't be able to practice at the facility anymore because that's more people they got to worry about spreading germs and whatnot. But anyway, the NFL and the NFL's Players Association, they are, you know, trying to work out a protocol of what players are allowed to do and like how they're going to conduct workouts and how they'll be tested and you know, it just sounds like a lot to manage. And again, if we're considered essential employees that are part of that game day preparation, just think about what this might mean for you in your life of constant testing, how you're going to have to practice, like tracing your steps and stuff of like, where you been? And like, who knows? The NFL is not with the bubble nonsense, like the NBA, they've made it clear that that's not going to work. And so you know, people are just going to be, that's a huge roster of guys. And that's a lot of people on the field. And these teams are at least of like 30 or so individuals. So lots of opportunity to be concerned about your health, frankly. This is so bad, but my daughter ended up saying something like, is the Rona just kind of going to be like STDs where you just like hope you don't catch it and try to be safe, but it's basically a risk that's not going anywhere. And I was like, you know what? That's... (laughs) I mean, it's not clear that we're going to be getting away from this anytime soon. And so it's just like a known risk that people are going to have to work around to some extent. But I just wanted to give you a little highlight of other things that I'll be discussing because it's hella detail oriented. And I don't want to spend the whole time um, during cheer chat. But just know that this is actually also impacting, obviously, the college athletes. And I'm just going to give you some stats of who's infected there. So they had 28 players from Clemson, 30 athletes from LSU, eight from Alabama, 13 from Texas, six from Houston, 14 from Kansas State. So these are college football players who ended up getting called back to do some workouts, whether they were, it's not exactly like NFL, but like basically they were there for workouts. Okay. That's a lot of people for a roster of athletes. And you know, these are unpaid, primarily black college athletes. If you guys have seen some of the articles and the comments from people who just really flat out don't give a damn and are just like, make them play and 
you know, just basically wanting football that bad where they just don't even care about the risk that they're exposed to. And, you know, I'll talk about it in the episode. But, you know, some of these football players are standing up like UCLA. There were like 30 of them that signed this letter kind of like outlining like bare minimum, like you're not going to have us out there like that. Like they're the ones risking it all. And so that the billion dollar NCAA industry and all these poaches that make so much can continue to make their money. It's not right. Like if it's not safe for people to go back to college, you know, my niece is planning to go to college in the fall and they're they're talking about virtual learning because that's probably the only thing that's going to be safe. So how is it safe for them to play freaking football? Don't get it. Okay. But we'll talk about it. I was glad that they stood up because it's kind of like, you're not going to keep us in the dark on this. And we're just going to like rely on you to figure it all out, especially when you're just sending us out here so early on. But it's something to think about. And it starts obviously with kind of like the athletes that get the most attention, like, you know, the college football players or the basketball players, but it's going to trickle down and it's going to affect you as dancers. I don't really talk about college dancers on this show very much, but we're all kind of like in this together. So think about how this affects you. And then just like an update kind of like on the NBA as well. You know, I don't know if you guys are following that, but, you know, there are players that are not really filling the whole bubble in Orlando. They have some crazy, crazy rules that they kind of have to follow to even be part of that bubble. And, you know, there's risk of injury. There's risk of exposure to COVID. And then there are players, you know, Steven Jackson that kind of was like very vocal about it and some others as well that are speaking up that, now's not really the time to focus on basketball, like sports. Like, you know, we're in the middle of a pandemic. We've got, you know, a human rights crisis here with Black Lives Matter. And then and we have everybody's attention right now on the right thing. And like, when are we going to stop putting sports and money and fame and all of that over humanity? And, yo, if any players refuse to play on that basis, you get my utmost respect. I think it's a big decision. You know, they're pushing for certain protections for the players that choose not to go um, so that they're not, you know, overly penalized. I think the college athletes want the same kind of protection as well. But I just want to kind of like open it up to you guys to kind of get your thoughts, too, because at the end of the day, again, you all will be impacted by whatever is deemed, you know, the safe way to proceed with the season. And they might make some big changes to what your experience is like as a pro cheerleader, like. Maybe you're not dancing on the field during the quarter breaks. Maybe you're doing the performance ahead of time and they're taping it and they're going to put you up on the jumbo screen instead of actually having you on the field. Maybe there's going to be less of you on the field at a time for a game. Maybe not everybody's going to cheer every single game. Who knows what they're going to do to kind of work around this issue, mitigate the amount of risk to exposure on game day. Again, there's also practices where you're going to have to still devote a good amount of your time to preparing for whatever the season's going to be like. But I call this episode Count Me Out because I know that I would be excited, but also just kind of like, is this the experience? Like, I would hate for anybody to have a really like, I mean, it's going to be like a sterilized, completely toned down, potentially not fans in the stands, like just a weird and different experience to be out there. And I'm not trying to tell people not to do it. It's just questions that I know I'd be asking myself. I'm definitely curious to understand what you guys think about. Are you worried? I mean, is it that big of a deal to like, just have this dream like right here, right now? Are you excited about the challenge of kind of like gambling around with your health of, you know, trying not to get sick? You know, we, 
we still have like the regular old flu season, you guys. And, you know, heading into the fall, you know, where you know how when, when you're on a team, you, you trade germs, like somebody's sick, pretty much the whole damn squad sick. Like it's just, you're in tight quarters. It's not just the Rona that people are going to be, you know, getting sick from in the next couple months. I just, I'm worried. I think a lot. These are things that I question. And I, I would say for myself personally, that knowing that the experience of game day is probably going to be very, very different. All the thrills that I get from cheering in front of people, you know, having my family in the stands, except my daddy, of course, or whatever. But you know what I mean? Like I, I think if all of that were to change significantly, all of that hard work is not going to have the same payoff and reward. You know what I mean? And interacting with fans and as much as we're taking pictures and posing and having a lot of interaction, you know, with the mask on, you're just, and maybe that's just the new world order and I need to get over it. But I just feel like it's going to significantly change and alter what your experience is like as pro cheerleaders. And I also just kind of want to point out, you know, similar to what some of the considerations that NBA players are thinking about and whether this is the right time to play the sport. I just have, you know, kind of been hearing from different people, the impacts of, you know, the last few weeks on squads. Like again, we had, you know, the town hall with pro cheerleaders and it hasn't, I haven't forgotten about like all of the concerns that were expressed. And I think, you know, it's just really going to be interesting to see how the teams have each other's back or not and how they move forward together hopefully in light of everything that's going on with BLM because I think there's more division you guys I'd like to think we're all on the same page on this and we're unfortunately not and I just think that you know being a part of these teams and not maybe having an opportunity to talk things out it's really going to kind of impact this issue isn't going anywhere I think whether teams choose to ignore it or just not have it touch the cheerleaders, I just think it's really going to influence like how you'd feel about being a part of the team. You know, are people going to be kneeling more once the football season starts? Is this something that's going to like, you know what I mean? Like rock your core where you just from an ethical principle perspective that you're just not feeling like you want to be associated with it. It's tough to think about. I would be thinking about it. Again, a good number of teams have gotten behind the movement in some form or fashion. Not all of them, though. And one thing that I know I was a little, I won't say hesitant, but I wasn't sure from having the town hall and just plenty of sidebar conversations with people, how people really felt about me trying to use this platform to kind of create, not necessarily like the open letter to the NBA where I was like full on blast, like going hard in the paint and very unapologetically like going off um, because of, you know, the stuff that happened a year ago and the way that women were treated when they disbanded these teams. It's up on my feed at some point if you want to go back and look. But just I'm feeling very drawn to trying to summarize and present on behalf of the industry as a whole, just based on things that I've heard from people and like learnings from the episodes that I've had talking about it, you know, how this impacts pro cheerleading. Like, I just feel like maybe team conversations are happening, but maybe there's just some benefit to having like me try to put it in words, what I've been hearing from you. So it doesn't have the same tone as the open letter. Frankly, it's more 
ideas or expectations of how you guys can should be able to use your platform, what you'd like to see from teams in terms of that freedom to use your voice. And so I'm going to take a crack at it. Life has been a little crazy lately, but I am committed to trying to do that because I still think it needs to be done. So if you have any input, if I mean, there have been so many people that have reached out. I've really learned from you guys what you're experiencing and what's important to you. And I'm going to just try to capture it. I think it's worth capturing. I think it, again, we can't just miss this opportunity to say something. And hopefully you guys are acting within your own right, within your team, finding ways to connect with one another and move forward and implement some changes. But our industry can use some changes. Like, okay, so I'm going to just try to articulate them. That's kind of a preview of Cheer Chat for this episode. I really do want to hear from you guys, though, of how you're feeling going into this. And obviously, you're you're excited, and I'm excited for you. I'm also just, you know, concerned because there is a little bit of, like, this stubborn vibe of we're going come hell or high water. We're going to play. We're going to have games. And I'm just seeing, you know, it's not a consistent way and approach of trying to make sure that everybody is safe. And there's no right answer. I'm sure everybody's still trying to figure it out. But how are you guys really feeling about it? Like, are you conflicted? Are you in the dark? Do you have all the information that you need? Have you talked to your doctors about like, what you can do? If anything, like, do you have any expectations as to how you're going to engage and feel comfortable? You know, should you have an option of virtual practices so that you if you aren't feeling comfortable that you can participate that way? These are questions that I have. And I will share some more information with you guys and talk about it further. But I really care about what you guys experience. And I hope that there's I'm sure they're working towards making sure you guys are safe. It's just a a lot of uncertainty. And as more information comes out, and of course, it's all about what the players are going to deal with. I'm just thinking about y'all. That's all. So I look forward to sharing probably over the weekend, like what I come up with and Again, if you want to add your two cents, if you're going through something with your team right now, if there's ideas that you have of changes you want to see, hit me up. Let me know. I will incorporate it into the statement, for lack of a better word. So stay safe and I will talk to you next week. So I wanted to make sure that I gave you guys kind of a more in-depth rundown of some of the things that I mentioned in cheer chat about whether this is a season where you might want to say count me out or you know kind of moving forward with all the challenges that are coming your way and one thing that this is like the third week in a row maybe that I have you know neglected to talk about something that hit close to home you know here in Seattle area the University of Washington they had a situation where 14 dancers that auditioned for um, the team for their cheerleading program, or it's their dance program, sorry, not their cheerleading program, but basically two of those 14 dancers were the only two women of color, and they weren't selected to return, you know, after auditions. And I'm not really sure what kind of escalated and how it all came down, but the University of Washington Athletic Department issued a statement that the two dancers that were cut would be invited back and that they were going to have a leadership change in the UW dance program. They basically let the dance team coach, Jordan French, they let her go. They removed her from her position. Um, and they wanted to, as an athletic department, you know, develop methods of ensuring that 
the future team selection processes would include a lot more factors, you know, taking into account a dancer's years of service on the team, diversity, and a commitment to the program instead of maybe more arbitrary selection criteria that would lead to certain biases that resulted in the no women of color at all on the dance team. But it was really something that was kind of impactful that, you know, they're starting to question what the audition selection process is really about. And it's something that I had been meaning to mention and I kept forgetting But it's something along the lines of what I was trying to point out about the statement that I'm hoping to develop where we can talk about other things that we would like to see maybe factored into the judging criteria in our own sport. Like what should they really be striving for in terms of diversity? What should they be doing once the team is formed to make sure that there's inclusion for all men and women, people of color, you know, different backgrounds. And just it's something that I was hoping to incorporate into that statement as well is just kind of like, let's question everything of like the way things are done and really make sure that programs can be run in a way that ensures that everybody feels welcome and that people aren't getting cut in a manner that really signals, you know, that there's some problems in terms of what maybe the leaders of these teams are looking for as a representation of the entire, you know, university or organization. And I think that goes for the pros as much as it does college And it's not to say that the statement's going to solve all world problems. It's just there are people speaking up. And I think a change in leadership is probably something that it might be necessary in order to bring about some of these changes. But I really was kind of proud of the UW Athletic Department for stepping up to say that we've got to change course here. And maybe that's just something that we can take into account as we look at our own industry Again, a lot of the themes that I've been hearing from people is just that from the numbers of racial diversity on teams and the ways that people have been treated, and oftentimes it is, you know, leadership driven, um, that there needs to be some change. And I think some people who are suffering in silence and really aren't getting the support that they need. And so hopefully just drawing light to the issues that are within our space that actually need to be changed. I just wanted to kind of share that tidbit and I kept forgetting. So I'll provide a link to the article so that you guys can kind of take a look at it if you're interested. But the things that I kind of wanted to expand on was just, again, not to beat a dead horse, but I just want you guys to really think about the power of your voice and raising concerns and thinking critically about the information that you're given so that you can make an informed decision and that you can do what's best for you. The one thing that I wanted to highlight in a little bit more detail was just, you know, the UCLA football players. I wanted to read to you guys like a section of their letter that all 30 of them signed. Again, they were just kind of coming down on the university for failing to protect their health and their safety. And they demanded an independent health official to ensure that all the COVID-19 protocols are followed. They wanted to have whistleblower protection to report violations where people might be forced to do things that don't follow the protocol just for the sake of winning a game or preparing for, you know, competition. Um, And they also wanted to push for the right for players to decide whether to attend sports events without fear of retaliation or loss of scholarships, which I think is a big deal, obviously, for college athletes. But just the fact that they got together and decided that this A is not okay, that they had to speak up and make certain demands. Otherwise, they were just going to kind of accept whatever they decided is best for them. It's just, it's just not right to push them out there like that. So I wanted to kind of share what they put in this letter. 
They said, as student athletes at UCLA, our lives consist of a challenging balance between sports and our academic endeavors. Although the university and athletic department provide support at various junctures within our careers, the responsibility to uphold and assert our rights as athletes and human beings falls within our own hands. Time and time again, we see individuals within athletic programs who ought to defend and protect us, leave us in the dark to fend for ourselves. Starting with neglected and mismanaged injury cases to now mismanaged COVID-19 pandemic, our voices have been continuously muffled and we will no longer stand for such blatant injustices. As members of the college football community and as student athletes as a whole, we hope to ensure that the safety and well-being of student athletes is the main priority of the athletes' respective school and the NCAA. These demands reflect our call for an environment in which we do not feel pressured to return to competition, and if we choose not to return, that our decision will be respected. If our demands are not met, we will refrain from booster events, recruiting events, and all football-related promotional activities. The decision to return to training amidst a global pandemic has put us, the student-athletes, on the front lines of a battle that we as a nation have not yet been able to win. We feel that as some of the first members of the community to attempt a return to normalcy, we must have assurances that allow us to make informed decisions and be protected regardless of our decision. So that was their statement, just two really, really good paragraphs from their letter that I wanted to share with you guys, because I think that, you know, because we are, again, super, these opportunities to dance professionally are so few and far in between. And I think we're all grasping onto the idea of you being able to dance as an amazing thing and a wonderful thing that we're all striving toward. But I think it's really easy based on that mindset to not really think about what you're, you know, potentially exposing yourself to in terms of risk. And it's not that the cheerleaders are the same as the players in every way in terms of like the practicing and the full contact sport and all of that. But at the same time, you are going to be put at risk. And I think some of the things that really resonated with what was in their statement was just that, you know, they're kind of left in the dark. They're not really given a lot of information so that they can make informed decisions. And I know that that happens in our space too, where it's like, there's just a, you know, not a very clear cut communication um, back and forth all the time between management of these pro cheer programs and the team. You kind of take what information you're given and you don't question it. You don't you just kind of are grateful for whatever consideration they've given you at any given point. And, you know, with, with the Rona and the pandemic, you know, it's just not something to play around with. I mean, I think, again, you can put faith and trust in the directors to kind of do the right thing and that they, you know, made sure that you guys were included in every safety discussion. I'm not suggesting that certain steps have not been taken and they're not planning for it. It's just, I think you guys should really just feel empowered to ask yourselves those critical questions because your health does fall into your own hands. The NFL is not going to take care of you. Your particular team's not going to take care of you. You have to take care of yourself and do what's in your best interest. And I hate the tone of this episode, but I just feel like it's necessary to say it. You know, I'm not trying to convince anybody not to do it. It's an amazing opportunity. I just think you have to go in and make an informed decision about how your health is impacted and nobody's forcing you to do it. It's probably going to have that tone of like, nobody's got a gun to your head. You auditioned, you knew that there was a pandemic, you know, you're kind of going in eyes wide open, but just make sure you're really thinking about it because it doesn't make sense that as pro cheerleaders, you would kind of like bypass these concerns because you're just so focused on just 
having the opportunity to dance. Like it's just kind of a little bit flipped from what the, whether they're pro athletes or student athletes, they're really pushing for their protection throughout all of this. And I can't really hear us taking the same tone of like, what are you doing to protect us? Like, what are you doing to make sure that we're safe and we're not going to get, you know, the Rona? Like you're probably just waiting to hear what they're going to be doing for you. Or maybe they are communicating to some extent what protections that they will have in place for you. But I just would say pay attention to how these athletes are speaking up about it, because if they don't feel like it's enough and they're the most, you know, prized possession out there playing the sport, being on the field, having all that contact with each other, with coaches, et cetera. And if they don't feel safe, then you really have to question and ask, like, how how do you feel safe? And again, it's a it's a personal decision. It's your health. But everybody's going to be living life outside of practices, outside of games. And I think you have to really just think about that quality of life for you, where you're relying on your 29, 30 plus teammates to basically be as careful as they can throughout the season, you know, not maybe out partying and not wearing masks. And, you know, like it's going to require a lot of coordination. And, you know, from what I've been seeing for like the NFL, you know, what they're talking about in terms of protocol, you know, they're doing things like rearranging the locker room and having certain modified face masks that the guys can wear while they're playing. And they're talking about, you know, this concept of rapid testing where they're going to basically right before game day, like just prior to game day, where they're going to actually give everybody a test. And when you think about how we prepare for games, you set routines, again, assuming that you're out there performing, you know, it's kind of like how weigh-ins used to be. We used to have our weigh-ins on Tuesday before a game. So we at least had one practice to kind of reset things if people didn't make weight. But if testing becomes a consistent part of how practices are run, if you're in person and even, you know, last minute right before the game, if you're going to actually take the field, if you have to be subjected to testing, you know, just thinking about what that means, having to make last minute changes because maybe somebody tested positive and it's not like you haven't been around that person. So it's not just, let's just yank them from the game. So they're not out there potentially exposing other people. The thing is the exposure would have already happened. So it's just a lot of up and down and risk associated with going into a season, knowing that you're excited as hell and you're super pumped about the opportunity. um, And you're kind of trusting that they're going to be doing everything that's in your best interest, but just don't be blind about it because I think it's not the same thing. Nobody's pushing, you know, the cheerleaders out there like they're trying to push these student athletes out there. But again, the concerns that they have are valid and they, I don't see how they don't apply to you as pro cheerleaders either. So it's just stuff that you might want to think about um, what would make you feel comfortable. Think about how you're conducting your life day to day now And having to, you know, also take into account what 30 other individuals are choosing to do to stay safe throughout the season and what the expectation is, because you're not going to be in a bubble like the NBA players. There's going to be a lot of freedom as states open up. I think people are going to have relaxed ideas of how they need to continue to, you know, protect themselves. And it's just if a second wave comes, it's just a lot more risk for exposure. But I I was actually encouraged by reading what the UCLA players stood up to say, because you guys are entitled to certain information to make informed decisions. And I'm sure as soon as the information is available, they'll probably share it. But you still want to think about it critically and make sure that you're doing the right thing for yourself and your health. I think it's really kind of frightening. And again, I hate the tone, but 
we'll just get it out of our system, think about it, talk about it, talk to your family, talk to your doctor, and decide what makes the most sense for you. On a more positive note, though, I mean, I think if you are part of these teams already, if you're, you know, a veteran that's returning, you know, having a very positive can-do attitude is obviously paramount to being able to enjoy a season with this much uncertainty going on in the middle of a pandemic, making smart choices and doing what you can to kind of ensure your health and safety and those around you so that you can be out there in the community or whether it's virtual or not. Like there are some teams that are even just doing a virtual summer camp to try to reach out to their junior cheerleaders and make sure that they are still making an effort working with restrictions to connect with people. And so I think there's still a lot of opportunities for an amazing season and you know just rolling with the punches but I think you kind of want to have the right mindset going into it so that you're not as Debbie Downer as I feel right now but just kind of you know really just focusing and highlighting those positives because I think there will definitely be enough challenges where you just want to know why you're in it especially this year if you have made the decision just stay up on the news and and the current events and Think about how it might apply to you and how it might show up in your life as you have this season ahead of you. And if you know at the end of the day what what's your reason, like why you're doing this, who you're hoping to touch, impact, like what you're hoping to get out of it. If you have all those questions answered, that'll center you. Like when it gets hard, when it gets tough, when you're really questioning or feeling fearful of your health or safety, you got to come back to something, right, that actually is what's fueling you and, and pushing you forward. And when I think of all the rookies that are out there that have made these teams, you know, you're hungry for the experience. You know, it's a huge accomplishment. You've survived a whole virtual auditions process that is not easy, completely unprecedented. And I think it's wildly exciting. And I'm hoping that you have an amazing year. You know, I just think for veterans, especially maybe because you have, you know, the comparison of what it really would normally be like to really, you know, ask yourself those questions of do you have, especially if you're in a leadership position as a captain, you know, do you have the right mindset so that you have a place, a center to come back to when it gets hard and having to kind of step up with the right attitude and mindset to kind of influence other people to do the right thing. You know, I could see you know, people just being upset that people are out there kicking it and not being careful or, you know, and you kind of have to have the right idea of teamwork to have each other's backs and to demonstrate through leadership what that's going to look like, especially throughout the season, especially when things are changing last minute and a whole lot of stress surrounding it. So I wanted to do this episode just so that I could share the information with you guys. Again, you know, wanting you to think about what you're getting into and think about the amount of information that you receive and really make sure you're asking yourself the right questions of, is this enough to really feel comfortable going forward with the season? And think about, you know, the players that are standing up for that right as well. You know, they're choosing to bypass the season because of that concern for their health, health and well-being. And so while we, yes, we do want this opportunity and yes, it's amazing. You went through all this hard work, but I think, as you pay close attention to developments in your state and information that you're getting from the team, I don't think anybody could be mad if you decide that this is maybe not the right year to participate. You know, the decision might be made for you at some point. Who knows? We don't know what the future holds. I just want 
to kind of just throw the conversation out there for you guys to think about what this means for you. The more you can kind of like have your mind right going into it. And again, that center of what you're coming back to, to know what your line is of when you don't feel comfortable anymore or don't feel safe and just really honor that so that you're not just kind of going along with the Okie Dokin program and really not doing what's in your best interest. I'm sure these directors are going to be thinking of everybody's well-being and working within all the information and resources that they will have to protect you. It's just a matter of if that's good enough for you at the end of the day to feel safe moving forward. And I think it's such a moving target and again, a very stubborn sense of like we're doing this. And I just worry that that line might slip in a direction that you might not feel comfortable with. So again, just feeling encouraged to use your voice and to ask the right questions. Don't feel like you can't ask them. I mean, it's early. You just made the team. Maybe you don't want to rock the boat right away. But as the expectations for you as a pro cheerleader start to come up, the appearances, what they want you to do, make sure that you feel like you have enough information as to how you're going to be protected so that you know what the protocol is and how to conduct yourself. It's all new to everybody, but you just got to go in with your eyes open and asking some tough questions. I'm just saying, count me out. Again, it's what I would probably do. And I'm not suggesting that's what anybody else should decide to do. I think if you can get to that point where you've thought about everything, you're staying up to speed on stuff, you're doing all that you can to be diligent, you're communicating openly with your teammates because everybody's going to kind of have to be on the same page of like, we're all going to try to our best to not infect one another. And that includes who else you're involved with in your life. If you live with your boyfriend, if you live at home, like it's a lot of factors that are out of your control, but everybody kind of has to be on the same page about being willing to work together through the difficulty and through the hard times that might come from people getting sick and having to make adjustments. That unity and that team bond of looking out for each other and having each other's back is going to be pretty damn critical this season. So With that, I'm going to wrap this episode. It feels like just like the end of the world episode, (laughs) but I just want to get it out there because I'm seeing too many news stories that are just, you know, troublesome and, and worrisome that I think we have to start thinking about in our space. So I love you guys. Stay safe and take care of yourselves. I'll chat with you next week. Thanks so much for listening to the Pro Cheerleading Podcast. You can follow your favorite podcast on social media at Pro Cheerleading Podcast on Instagram, at Pro Cheer Podcast on Twitter. We're on Facebook, on YouTube, and you can support your favorite podcast on Patreon. Until next time, keep your eyes on the sidelines.